Who will cross the river? Numbers 13 and 14 and Joshua 3 tell the story of the children of Israel coming to the promised land. God frees them from their Egyptian slavery. He takes them into the wilderness for a time of training, you might say. And finally, after many, many years, he brings them to the Jordan River. He brings them to the promised land. They send spies into the promised land to check things out. The spies come back. Two of them have a good story, Caleb and Joshua. We can do this. God has promised. He has given us the land. Yes, there are obstacles, but God is on our side. Remember, he brought us out of Egypt. But the other ten, all they saw was the bad things. They saw the negative things. They saw the giants. They saw the walled cities. They saw all the things that they themselves knew they couldn't conquer and it would be foolish to go in. So they grumbled and they grumbled and paid no attention to what Caleb and Joshua had to say and told Moses and Aaron... We can't do it. And so, God took them back to the wilderness. Forty years they stayed in the wilderness. And according to God's word, all those 20 years old and older who left the Jordan River to go back to the wilderness died. A whole new generation was brought up and they came back to the Jordan River and they crossed over the only two who were there the first time were Caleb and Joshua they're the only two who crossed the river Moses didn't cross we're going to talk a little bit today about the promised land and crossing the river And this, this sermon is really two sermons in one. And you'll see what I mean in a little bit. First, let's go to God in prayer. Heavenly Father, I ask you today to open our hearts, open our minds. Help us to take from this story the truth that applies to us as we look not only at our own lives, but as we look at our life as a church. Help us, Father, to trust you and be ready to cross the river. That is my prayer in Christ's name. Amen. Four hundred years. That's how long the children of Israel had been slaves to the Egyptians. Four hundred years. Four centuries. These people knew nothing else. All they knew was slavery. Life and death was in the hands of their captors. And then God, who had promised their forefathers a land of their own, a land flowing with milk and honey, set them free from slavery. After 400 years, God comes and sets them free. And he sets them on a path 
to the promised land beyond the Jordan River. They had been slaves, but now they are free. Free to possess the promised land. It's an old story of redemption. But it's also a picture of another story. Our story. Paul speaks in Romans 6, where he reminds us that we were slaves to sin. We were slaves to sin. And the result of that slavery would ultimately be death. When you were slaves to sin, Paul writes, you were free from the control of righteousness. What benefit did you reap at that time from the things you are now ashamed of? Those things result in death. But now that you have been set free from sin and have become slaves to God, the benefit you reap leads to holiness. And the result is eternal life, for the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Just as the children of Israel had no power over their Egyptian slave masters, we have no power over sin. It controls us, and it will lead us to death, eternal separation from God. But at the cross, at the cross, God set us free from the debt of sin and offers us a life through Jesus Christ. He offers us the inheritance that he promised us before the foundation of the world. That passage in Matthew that we have looked at so many times and are going to again today. Matthew 25. Verse 34 says, The king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. Before the world ever began, before God created anything, He prepared an inheritance for us. And when He set us free at the cross, He made it possible for us to receive that inheritance. Without the cross, there is no way we could receive that inheritance because we cannot overcome sin. God overcame sin for us that we might have the gift He wanted for us before we were ever born. As God set the Israelites free from slavery so that they might inherit the (coughs) promised land, so we have been set free from our slavery to sin in order that we might inherit eternal life with our Heavenly Father. The Israelites had been set free and they stood on the banks of the Jordan River The promised land was right there on the other side. And the only, there was only one question to answer. Who will cross the river? We just had Christmas. And Christmas, of course, is a a joyous time, not only to remember the birth of our Christ, but also the opportunity to give one another gifts. And we enjoy doing that. 
I want you to imagine for a moment that you bought your child a very, very special gift. It is something they could never in their whole lives get for themselves. You have the resources to get it for them. It's something they would need, absolutely need, for the rest of their lives. So you bought it, you wrapped it, you placed it under the tree, and on Christmas morning, you sat there and watched as your child began to open presents. And they opened all the other gifts, things they might use for a while, but would wouldn't last. They might grow tired of them. Things that would break, things that would outgrow. But the one gift, the gift that they would need throughout their lives, when they opened it, they saw that it was not a toy, not something they could just use without any effort at all. Instead, it was something they would have to work at, learn about, grow into. So they left it and took all the other gifts and went up to the room to play. <clears throat> That's kind of like what happened to the children of Israel when they came to the River Jordan. God had provided for them through all those years, all that time that they had been set free. Across the river was the Promised Land. God said it was theirs. All they had to do was cross over and He would be with them to conquer the land. He would fight the battles there. They were already the winners. The land was theirs. It was their inheritance. Was there effort to be made? Yes. Were there obstacles to overcome? Yes. Were there battles to fight? Yes. But God had already shown them in a powerful way how He could defeat their enemies. After all, all, the Pharaoh, all of the armies of the Pharaoh were destroyed by the power of God. He promised them the land. They just had to cross the river. <coughs> But what did they do? They grumbled. They were afraid. They didn't think they could do it. They were outnumbered. The obstacles were bigger. The walls were too high. The people were too big. <laughs> they ignored Caleb. They ignored Joshua, who reminded them that God said He would give them the land, that He would be with them, that He would be their conqueror. And that's when they left the present under the tree and walked away. So God <coughs> took them back to the wilderness for 40 years. The grumblers the naysayers, they all died. A new generation rose up, and it was they, along with Joshua and Caleb, who crossed the river and possessed the land. Now just think about a minute. 
if those other people had been there to cross the river when they had the opportunity, they would not even have gotten their feet wet. They saw the river. They knew what was on the other side from the spies. They said, we can't do it. When they came the second time, not only did they cross, they crossed on dry land. God parted the water just like he did at the Red Sea. They crossed on dry land. They took the land. They conquered. It became theirs. We have been set free from the slavery of sin. We've been promised abundant life, glorious eternity. We've been promised love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. The fruit of the Spirit, who is Christ living in us, is ours if we cross the river by accepting Jesus as our Savior. Is there effort to be made? Yes. Are there obstacles to overcome? Yes. Are there battles to fight? Yes. But God has promised to be with us each step of the way in this life. He has promised that nothing can separate us from His love. He has promised peace and comfort in the storms of life. He has promised to hear and answer our prayers. He has promised that, he will, that we will be more than conquerors through Christ. He has promised never to leave us or forsake us. He has promised to wrap us in the righteous robes of His Son. He has promised us eternal life with Him in heaven. He's promised. But a gift not accepted is a gift not received. If you've never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're standing on the bank of the river. Eternal life with God is on the other side. And the question is, who will cross the river. I trust that each of us here today have crossed the river. And if you have not, there's an opportunity every day, every moment you live, there's an opportunity to cross that river by accepting Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Even in this service today, we will have an invitation. Who will cross the river? Now I said in the beginning this is sort of two messages in one. Here's the second. What I'm going to talk about has the potential of being taken in a negative way. My prayer is that it will be taken in the spirit in which it is offered and it very truly is very positive. I believe that the St. Paul Congregational Church is on the riverbank. In a sense, we have been wandering in the wilderness. Now that's 
That's not negative. God kept the children of Israel in the wilderness for many years after freeing them from their slavery. He kept them there because He was preparing them. During those years out in the wilderness, before they ever got to the, to the River Jordan, He was taking care of them. He was meeting their needs. He got them focused on His will, on His way, on His law, on His plan. It wasn't easy for them. There were times of chastisement. During that time, many fell away. But God never forsook them. And even when they did not realize it, He was leading them toward a better place. He was preparing them for so much more than they had experienced before. He was leading them in his own time to the River Jordan and the Promised Land. I believe the same is true for this congregation. Amen. Through all the ups and downs of the past years, God has been preparing a people for his kingdom's work in this place. Now, it's easy to look around and think we are so few. What can we do? It's easy to look back when there were so many more here and to wish we could go back and seemingly have the resources that we had then. But my friends, God does not lead backwards. God leads forward. We must not long for what was. We must long for what can be. We are where we are because this is where God has brought us. We may not understand it. It may not make sense to us. But we are where we are because this is where God has brought us. There have been naysayers. There have been people with their own agendas. There have been hurtful people. There have been prideful people. There have been divisive people. And I can tell you without a doubt, there will always be those people in the church. And the question is, do we follow them or do we follow God? The children of Israel finally crossed the river, but on the other side, those people rose up. You keep reading, they rose up. The naysayers, the doubters, the divisive people, they're always there. The question is, who will you follow? And there have been those who have longed for the river, but who could not wait for God in His time. And so they went somewhere else. My friends, God has not forsaken us. But that doesn't mean He won't. 
Remember the church in Ephesus? They were doing a lot of right things. But they were not doing the most important thing. They were not loving people. They were all about their doctrine. They were all about their learnedness. They were all about their traditions. But they weren't loving people. And Jesus said, unless you turn around and start loving again, I will remove my presence from you. I have seen it happen. Churches close their doors. I've told you before, every week, at least a hundred churches in this country close their doors. So yes, I believe we are standing at the river. I believe God has brought us here. Here, a place where the only way we'll be able to cross the river is if we turn in humbleness and seek His will. So what would God have us do? We are indeed so few. Do we have obstacles? Absolutely. Are our financial resources limited? It would seem so. Are we impatient? Always. Do we wish someone could come in and do it for us? Probably. So what would God have us do? How do we reach people who need to know the love of God? Is there an easy answer? Yes and no. The answer is easy. The doing it is not. What does God want us to do? He wants us to show people His love by meeting their needs in the name of Christ. Matthew 25. How many times did we look at that when we were talking about the other side of worship? Do you want to read it again? I hadn't planned to, but I think I will. Then the king will say to those on his right, Come you who are blessed by my Father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty, and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger, and you invited me in. I needed clothes, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. Then will the righteous answer him, Lord, when did we see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink? When did we see you a stranger and invite you in, or needing clothing and clothe you? When did we see you sick or in prison and go visit you? The king will reply, I tell you the truth. Whatever you did for one of the least of these, my brothers, you have done to me.
we have to go to them. We have to get outside these walls. And we have to go to them. We have to do whatever it takes to find out who they are and where they are. And we have to meet their needs with the love of Christ. And tell them about Christ. Let them know why we're there. Why we've come. Why we've given them what we've given them. How, why we have helped them the way we've helped them. There are a lot of other things we could do. A lot of other churches do. We could have big events. There's nothing wrong with events. But we could focus on having big events. Having national speakers come in. Big bands come and give concerts. If other churches want to focus on that, fine. I've said before, I, 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 don't, I don't think God is nearly impressed with how big our building is. How many programs we have. How great our teachers are. How good our pastor is. I think what he wants to see is that we're touching people, loving people, reaching out to people, getting outside the building, getting in their lives. Jesus came and said, I came to serve, not to be served. Here's where the children of Israel turned away. It was messy over there on the other side. They weren't going to be welcomed. It wasn't going to be a walk in the park. It it would require a lot of them. It would require commitment, dedication, time, Work, struggles, pain, rejection, selflessness. It'll be no less for us. But when the children of Israel came the second time to the river, they were ready. And they crossed over. And just as God had promised, they possessed the land. Every battle, God took control. They were right. They couldn't do it. And we, in ourselves, we can't do it either. But God can. And when we go out in His name, He will do it through us. We need to cross the river. If we do not, this congregation will cease to be. If that sounds harsh, it's meant to be. Because that is the reality. We have a lot of work to do. 
it's going to take time. Lots of time and everybody's time. There is no easy fix, as they say. But we are not without the help we need. We have the king of the universe who wants to work through us. He wants to build his kingdom right here through us. And let me tell you, we may not fill this building. That's not the goal. The goal is to reach people for Jesus Christ, whether or not they ever set foot in this building. If we are doing that, we are doing the Lord's work. We are honoring God. We are being who we should be. God is with us. We are not the only Christians in this town. We are not the only ones He can use. But He wants to use us. We may be able to do some things that others cannot do or are not willing to do. We may find areas of ministry that no one else has thought to touch or want to touch. We're going to start laying some foundation, laying some plans this month. We need to begin to seek God in prayer as we never have before. We need to make ourselves available to Him. We need to set aside selfishness, spiritual smugness, and anything else that will keep us from being tools in His hands. We need to stop looking backward. We need to look forward to what we can be. We need to get outside these walls and go love people where they are. We need to take the hand of God and walk with Him across the river. The river is before us. Swift, it runs and wide. And some eyes for fear of strain have failed to see the other side. The river is before us. And some will turn away, while those who've caught the vision will cry, Lord, let it be today. The river is before us. The time for waiting is through. The promised land is ours to take. And he who promised is true. The river is before us. Take heart. Take my hand. Together as we trust the Lord, let us cross to the promised land. The river is before us. Failure is behind. Who will cross the river? Come, my friends. It's time. Heavenly Father, you see us for who we are. You know us completely. You know our fears. You know our doubts. You know our hearts. 
I pray we have a heart for you and a heart for people. And I pray that you will take that and grow it in us and through us. Help us just to focus on reaching people with your love. Whether or not we fill the chairs, that's not the point. Help us to understand that and be people, loving people, in the name of Christ. Help us, Father, to cross the river. And I ask it in your Son's name. Amen.